Welcome back to 4 Geeks by Geeks, the place where geeks come to geek out. As always, I am Bozer, and we are live doing a geek out sesh on a Tuesday? What? Well, if any of you know me like you do, you know that technical difficulties are my specialty. And yesterday on Monday night, our normal geek out sesh time on 8.30 on Monday night Eastern Standard, uh, I had a lot of them. Way too many. So many, in fact. Yes. Thank you, Oceana. So many, in fact, that we had to cancel the stream and move it to today. So thank you for everyone who who showed up and greeted my guest tonight for taking two nights out of their night to make time for Four Geeks by Geeks and all of you. And I just noticed this new <laughs> this new command, technical difficulties, and Night Bible's a zombie. Because, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what happens when I buy my own merch, the Technical Difficulties merch, which you can buy in our online store, and everything comes to fruition. It's cursed item. Buy it for your friends who you hate. Uh, but welcome, if this is your very first time, to 4 Geeks by Geeks. Welcome, we love you. And we are geeking out. We do this every Monday with creators, streamers, cosplay artists, uh, photographers, all kinds of geeks from all over to let them geek out loud about their passions and so that I can geek out with them and so can you but if you were watching back on youtube or the podcast after the fact then we love you thank you so much for making time and donating a portion of your life force for four geeks by geeks welcome uh oceana's in the chat here on twitch so is alex so is zero dang gaming zerodan gaming zero dan gaming so squishy welcome you guys oh we got a full house i love this thank you guys for hanging out on a tuesday night is this weird or what uh, but if you are tuning in, you can find that you can use command QOTD for the question of the day. And because uh, my guest tonight is an indie tabletop game creator with 10 years of experience and tons of games under his belt, I want to know what was one of your favorite childhood board games? What was a board game that really got you started? Oh, thank you, Zerodan Gaming, for following. Love you. Thank you so much. Uh, what was a game that you played as a kid that really got you started? Um, for me, I think, well, of course it had to be Candyland. That was the game that I chased my sister around the house, begging her to play with me and somebody play with me. Hi, Ike. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Excuse me. His, oh, my voice, my video is a little laggy-ish, but my voice is fine. Thank you for letting me know, Alec. We're going to make do for now. Um, yeah, I loved Candyland. I loved Monopoly. Because it was one of the games that I could just, like, murder my sister at. But, tell me if anybody played this game. It, it was kind of like Clue, kind of like Mousetrap, kind of like a mixture of both. And it was called 13 Dead End Drive. Anybody know this game? It was like a murder mystery game, but more murder than Clue. And it you could die in so many ways. And it was so fun. And I'm not sure I ever played it the right way. I just liked that you could die. And I was a child. So, I don't know what that means. Zero Dan Gaming says Vince knows one of my favorites. Uno, if you can count cards, then, <laughs> then Monopoly. Can you count cards? Are you that good at counting cards in Uno? <gasps> Squishy says Battletoads, my fake childhood game. Oh my god! Actually, if you scroll way back in our YouTube, I think there was a time when PK and I were playing some retro games um, while we were streaming. And I think we turned it into a video. I don't know. You might be able to find it on our on our YouTube. Uh, but that's okay. Squishy board games, video games, whatever. Oceano says, guess who? Clue or Monopoly? Ike says, yes, I played that. I was getting ready to say that game. 13 Dead on Drive. 
Hell yeah! Yes, thank you! That literally just, like, hit my brain right now. Oceana says, I've heard it, but I never played the game before. Oh my gosh, the game of life was good, too. So we go from 13 Dead on Drive about death all the way to spin that rainbow wheel about life. Well, speaking of games, um, we have plenty to talk to uh, our guest tonight about because he's created so many things and it's been such a cool story. And yesterday, while we were working out our technical difficulties, all I wanted to do was launch into this conversation and we both had to like kind of put the kibosh on it quick because the energy was there and so much was there, but we wanted to save it for the live. So please welcome one and all my guest for this evening's Geek Out Sash. His name is Vince and he is the founder of Vindicated Entertainment. Everybody welcome Hello. Vince. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. That was a quite a wonderful introduction you did there. So I appreciate it. You know, I do it every week. I think I, uh, I like to think that I, I do okay. But thank you so much. Thank you. What a compliment. Thank you for coming and donating two nights of your life for us. Hey, it's not a problem. It's uh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for everyone that's jumped in. I see some people from my community has jumped in. Zero Dan, thank you. Appreciate you. Um, Zero Dan's an awesome member of my community, so it's cool to see him show up. I love when people from your own community show up. Thank you. And now I know it's Zero Dan, not Zerodin. Yeah, now that's what I'm here for is to correct the naming. And he said, hey, Vince, <laughs> I miss you, man. <laughs> miss you too, buddy. Ooh, good. And I think T has joined us using our 4Geeks account. He says, cause mass confusion. I will not be logging into my actual account. So if you see 4Geeks by Geeks, it's your main man T sitting in the driver's seat chatting along with us. All right, we got T, we got V, we're good to go. Oh my God. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of technical difficulties, someone hit me with that command. This ring light has been giving me issue for two days and I keep changing plugs. So I think eventually we're just going to go without. You know, what I feel like it's because I'm here. You know, if you've ever watched the 90s cartoon <gasps> with X-Men uh, with Jubilee, where she goes to touch everything in the, in the pilot episode, She's like, why is everything yeah. breaking? I feel like that, that's mean. It's because I'm showing up. You're experiencing all these technical difficulties. It's because I bought my damn shirt. Technical difficulty <laughs> merch. That's what I get. We are the problem and the solution and none of the above. But I'm just going to keep messing with this light while we hang out tonight. So if hope nobody has any uh, strobe warning now for when this goes on and <laughs> off. So all right, cool. I guess I need to answer the question, don't I? Yes, sir. I want to know, what was a childhood board game that you fell in love with? All right, um, so this might, hopefully this doesn't seem like a cop-out to people, but my one of my favorite board games that really got me into them was actually a game my dad designed. My dad loved creating his own board games when, when I was a kid. He hasn't published any, but uh, he created this one called That God Game, and it was basically like a bunch of gods from like Norse mythology, Greek mythology, and you would like assume the role of Thor or Loki or Hermes, and you'd go around this board, and you could end up fighting each other, earning gold, uh, fighting monsters and it, it kind of had a board like monopoly but instead of like okay. buying property you're like just destroying like <laughs> these areas uh taking over and like fighting other gods it was a really cool fun game and it's a shame that no one else has played it but that was that whenever you asked me this question that was by far the game that came to mind i couldn't think of anything else that's so cool that that is a family game your dad invented it so yeah. he made all he might, the aspects yeah. of it and do everything? He, he like made everything for it, yeah. The name, the cards, the board, everything. That is so cool. So I guess that might launch us right into my first question of the night is, 
tell us who you are and what you do as a geek. Yeah, so my name is Vincent Baker. I do a lot of things, but the main thing that people know me for is I create tabletop games. Um, I have more of a card game background. I played a lot of trading card games growing up, so a lot of the elements that I infuse with my tabletop games uh, may seem familiar with people that are familiar with trading card games. Um, of course, though, we don't have like booster packs and we don't have that whole trading card element to any of our games yet, but that's sort of uh, my background there. I also love anime, manga, um, video games, of course, all that fun stuff. I enabled some light mode on my screen, so hopefully that lightened it up because this is as good as we're going to get. It's going to be fine. So then I think it looks good. That... <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. would you say that you've loved board games, obviously, since you were a kid? Is that is that what got you started on this track was your dad? My dad definitely helped get me started on this. Um, I first probably started with video games, though. Uh, my dad, oddly enough, had an Atari. Uh, and so I played an Atari. Uh, I also had like a Super Nintendo. Uh, my sister and I, we played a lot of Mario growing up, like the original Mario. And nice. uh, I, I thought the world was so cool, you know, seeing the spike turtle shells, the skeleton guys, uh, you know, all the different creatures they had. It was so imaginative that I wanted to explore that world more. So. I had this idea to create a board game based off of Mario, and then you'd role play as the different characters. And I played that game with my sister. So we'd collect items, we'd go traveling together. It was like a cooperative sort of role playing game experience. And I didn't even know what role playing was at the time I yeah. made this. It was just, that's just what came naturally because I wanted to live in that world. So um, it just became sort of a natural thing I'd do from video games that I couldn't explore more. I'd make it into a, a role playing experience for, for me and my friends to play. And you were how old when you first made that Mario <laughs> RPG? Uh, if I had to, so my sister had to be old enough to play it, and she's four years younger than me. So, I mean, I, I was probably like nine, ten, something like that. Oh, you know, just like nine, ten when I first played <laughs> the Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I got into Pokemon, like, yeah, the Pokemon card game when I was probably seven. So I think that helped step into the tabletop realm as well. Dang. So you've just been a gamer your whole life. For sure, and I, I definitely have my dad to thank for that because my dad, he actually, uh, he's probably watched more anime than I have. He's probably gamed more. I know for a fact he's gamed more than I have. Um, and he thought it was not a problem at all to show <laughs> to show me games. He thought that, especially for a lot of the uh, classic like JRPGs, you had to read a lot. And he's like, well, if my son enjoys so reading it. Yeah, if, if my son enjoys reading all this text, then that, that will help him learn. I'll help him write, and then he can strategize, and you know, it will probably help his brain and all this good stuff. So my dad was very much in favor of actually like pushing games in front of me. So um, I, it definitely helped a lot. No, that's actually really cool to hear because so many times now, especially nowadays, you hear that video games are rotting our kids' brains. It's just making them dumb. But time and time again, I hear stories like yours, or I hear stories like. Wow, I learned to read English from the Zelda Legend of Zelda. Because you have context clues, you have the, the words there. Yeah, I did really good in the spelling bees and writing classes. Like I I was um I was very proficient in English uh, growing up and uh, my teachers consistently told me that I should have been put into like honors English because mm -hmm. I wasn't in honors English, but I was scoring up like very high in our basic classes. That's amazing. And of course, I'm sure that comes into play now with your creating video games, not video games, board games. I got video games in my mind now. Board games, because you clearly need all your English skills and your story skills and your art to put into the RPG process, right? For sure. I mean, there's a lot of uh, verbiage that you use, you know, a lot of different, different words. And uh, I love wordplay. I love puns. Um, so people that see Vindicated Games will definitely see that. 
for example, we have guillotine, and it's a little bit of a wordplay between guillotine Ooh. and ghoul. So, you know, guillotine. Uh, a lot of people say that they like the, the names I choose for my games and, like, what I throw in there. So, you know, it comes from that. That's cool. Well, later on in the stream, we're going to get kind of break down a lot of what your games are and hopefully inspire you in the chat to go check out his site, which you can find through Command Vindicated, which is in the title of the stream tonight. And you can go right to his site and check out all he's got. Um, and Elder Explorer said, quick, Bozer, tell me why you were live. Because it's a geek out sesh on a Tuesday, just like every other week, right? False. We had a huge fail yesterday, so we moved it to today. Now, let me ask, is this the, is this the yeah. first time a guest has been live on a Tuesday with you? I think you just popped our Tuesday cherry. Ah, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, now that you say it, this is the first time that we've done a Geek Out session on a Tuesday. So congratulations. Right, happy to hear it. Being our first. I'll take it. Um, but Eldritch asked a question, and I'm going to ask the same question. So other than... So you, you loved games as a kid, right? But... Then as you became an adult, like what mm -hmm. really moved you to think, I want to start creating board games and then I hope to make a living off of board games? That's a great question. So uh, it's kind of two answers for this one. Uh, the first one was I got thrown into an entrepreneurship class in high school. Um, mm -hmm. I don't believe I chose that class. I think I just got thrown into it. I wasn't interested in it necessarily. Um, but I had the same teacher the previous year for multimedia, which is something I did enjoy doing. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I like the teacher, so I guess I'll, I'll just, I'll settle for this entrepreneurship class. And in the class, you have to choose a business uh, for for you to work on. And I was like, very much like a cruising C student, and everything but English, because English was natural for me, but everything else, it was like, as long as I make a C, I'll just pass, I'll just cruise along. Um, and so in that class, I was like, okay, I'm just going to buy candy wholesale. Everyone loves candy, I'll just sell each candy bar for a dollar and then make yeah. an easy grade and then just pass. Well, my teacher knew that I loved art. She knew that I loved writing. I was very creative. And she said, Vincent, I would let other students do this. Like some other students uh, maybe do this if, if I could tell they weren't passionate about something. But I know that you're very creative. So I'm not going to let you do this. If you do this, you automatically get an F. You fail everything. And, wow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. So I really appreciate my teacher really putting her foot down um, because she cared. And so she didn't want to just let me do whatever. Um, so she forced, she essentially forced me. She said, Vincent, just go to your house, look around your room, see what you enjoy. Like what's something you do in your free time and figure out a way to turn that into a business. So when I went home, I saw the Mario board game I had made. I saw that I made a Gears of War card game, a Halo card game, all these different like card games and tabletop games based off of video games and other stuff I liked. So I was like, okay, well that's, that's what I want. Uh, so I ended up doing that and, and I ended up winning the high school business competition. Then I was selected as student entrepreneur of the year, and then they were going to bring me out uh, to this like regional competition. But what's dumb is the guy saw me, and at the time I was very much like a skater bro. Like I had very long hair, I had like the tightest skinny jeans you could imagine, and I. Yes. Not only were they like tight skinny jeans, but they would sag, and I would just I just looked like I did like I just looked like uh, like I didn't care about things or like a punk. And the guy in right, charge the time, was... They wouldn't have skinny jeans back then, right? They were like girl jeans you had to buy, and they had this well, tight of a no, butt, thankfully, so you had to snag no, no, th thankfully, thankfully, I paid extra. These were male jeans. Uh, oh, they were? The, yeah, yeah. You're the, so yeah. You're spoiled. Spoiled. 
Yeah, the the well, I I paid I paid for it. The the girl jeans were, were a bit much, but uh, anyways, <laughs> the 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 guy in charge saw that I had like the really long hair. He saw that I was a punk. Yeah. He's like, "There's no way that, that guy actually cares about his business." So he he actually uh can, he canceled my invitation. And once like once he saw how he looked, he literally canceled my invitation. So there's no way this guy cares about his business. Hell? He's just yeah, he's just doing this to try to win money because there's like prizes you could win. You could win money from going and stuff. And so he literally canceled my ticket. I didn't get to go. Um, so, so my teacher, like, she sent him a pretty fiery email, and uh, yeah, I never, yeah, I never went with that one. But uh, I'm gonna send that zine that I made to to her to forward to him, uh, so yeah. he knows I'm still doing this. Um, but that's that's the first uh, answer there. And then the second one is actually went to college for video game design, and I, uh, cause I, cause I initially was like, okay, cool, I love I love video games too. So I was getting more into the video game aspect. But I realized I hated 3D modeling. I hated programming. Um, I hated like the the a lot of the video gamey aspects, like behind the, the scenes. I hated. Aspect, right. Yeah, I hated the technical stuff. I'm way more of a creative writer type guy, and you still have that in video games. But a lot of time, um, especially back then, it was um, the people doing that were the higher ups. And if you're on the lower end, you have to do the technical aspects um, for the people higher up oh, who's creating yeah. the ideas. Yeah. So now, the reason that I mean, you go into all these games, you wouldn't even get to do unless you exactly. climbed the ladder or started your own company. Exactly. And you know, now there's a lot of indie games, so a lot of people get to be creative on both fronts. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people have ideas, but it's one thing to have the idea, and it's another thing to have someone working on all those other aspects. And um, it was just, I don't know. I, I was just thinking like the tabletop stuff. I can. It's very tangible, um, and it also brings friends together. Brings. Uh, people together so i love the idea yeah. of everyone sitting around the table you know being able to fill the dice in your hand being able to fill the cards being able to bring out a story and a world from that yeah i can so relate with that because that was one of my favorite things growing up was like game night even if you had friends over or just with your family there's just nothing the same and fortunately and unfortunately with like covid and just everything being streamlined so many things have gone virtual including our own um, TTRPG campaign and our own D&D campaigns, which is great because we can play from a distance, but I so miss sitting around a table and having that live interaction and feeling the dice and having people show their minis and getting to see it in person. Yeah, it's good to have the option, and I'm very thankful to have the option, but it is also very different. It's, it's not quite the same. By the way, for the record, I did not say COVID was fortunate. <laughs> I did not start COVID. No matter what they tell you. Um, also, Eldritch said he's been writing a D&D &D campaign and you make board games. So yes, Eldritch, stick around because I think you're going to pick up some great helpful hints tonight. Because later I'm going to find out, uh, we're going to find out more about his games. And I'm going to pick his brain about how you can create a board game. Um, so before we get into all that, hello, your dude, Eli. Welcome, welcome. Um, sorry, got thrown off. Um. Before we get into the specifics of the game, where do you get your inspiration for the games that you have made? Yeah, so inspiration really comes from anywhere for me. Uh, it can be a video game I'm playing. Uh, just earlier, I was listening to a YouTuber, and he just said a word, like a phrase, that I'd never heard said before. And mm -hmm. it's not even a phrase. It's just like he was just saying something, and he described something in a way where it just gave me an idea for like, oh, okay, wow, that's a really... Those are two words, like, when put together, sound really cool. And it started inspiring this whole game in my head. So it's really like I, I try to take inspiration from anywhere. Um, anything's an opportunity, in my opinion. Like you can look at it and just be like, okay, 
you know, like this is a potential creative opportunity for you. Um, for the games that I made, um, Other Worlds is my tabletop role-playing game I made. It's future fantasy, so it's it's very much about the fantasy adventure, but with some sci-fi sprinkled in. Um, the inspiration from that is definitely my childhood. You know, whenever you're a kid and you're playing with your friends and you pretend that you're seeing invisible enemies and you have your swords and your nerf guns and you're shooting those things around and you know, right. I made up this whole yeah, I made up this whole game out of it where. Uh, I actually had like currency that we had earned and I'd role play different characters and we'd actually basically LARP and I didn't even know what LARPing was, but as a kid, that's what I did. And so other worlds just stemmed from my childhood imagination and, and came about that way. And a lot of the inspirations from that was, was an amalgamation between uh, things like uh, the Lord of the Rings all the way to like Ratchet and Clank and Halo to uh, Borderlands uh, later and um, different anime I'd watch and Final Fantasy. So it was just like taking elements of each of those things and combining them. And why the hell not? If you can, if you're as bright and resourceful <laughs> as you are, like why not take the best of all these things that you love and put them together? Yeah, or like with Gulatine, um, it sort of has like a blackjack type element to it, and uh, the idea for that came from an anime called Kakagure, which is it means compulsive gambler. And so the entire anime, each episode, they play different games, or so they're sort of gambling, and and each game is set up very differently. And they played a card game in one of the episodes where you could bust and be eliminated. And it started spinning in my head that whole idea. And I know that my wife and I, we both love Halloween. So we wanted to create like a Halloween monster type game. So I was like, well, what if I combine the two? And the number that you bust, that's 13. Because that's associated with like Halloween and monsters and stuff. Uh -huh. So I was able to combine the two from that. And that's how I made Gulatine. I just love that you're like grabbing inspiration from everywhere even a word and then you're just mashing your favorite things together do you mind if i show off your site and kind of walk through some of these games that you sure have yeah let's go for it it sounds fun to me cool 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 i'm gonna go ahead and share um but thank you everybody for tuning in tonight i gotta know we we have kind of a, a lot of people here which is great is that because it's on a tuesday or just because <laughs> <laughs> Hated. Turns out you should have been doing Tuesday the entire time. I, I will know. say, uh, your dude Eli, uh, thank you for joining. That's one of our patrons. Awesome. And hello, John, for tuning in. Thank you. John's one of our little family members. So what we're looking at is your site, vindicatedentertainment.com, and you can get there by using command vindicated in the chat. Um, so, wow. This is really cool that it's got like your whole story here. It's got some of the background, some videos, some news. But let's walk through some of these board games. And you can kind of give us a little snippet about what each one is. Yeah, so Heartseeker is the latest one that I've been working on. And uh, this one's one of the only ones not released that's on the website. Um, so this one, the idea first came from an indie game I was playing. And it was actually made as a joke, uh, sort of. But it, the game was so much fun that my friends were like, hey, we need to make this into an actual game. Like, Vincent, please develop this. Because they had so much fun, even though it was just based off of a joke. Because the whole idea is it's sort of like a dating sim turn board game. And uh, But we had so much fun playing it. Um, and at first, the video game it was based on, I reached out to that developer to see if we could do like a partnership and work it into you know their game uh, i didn't hear anything back so i was like okay well you know my friends still love this game so i reskinned it into, into what you see with Heartseeker, which uses characters from our other properties so anyone that plays Heartseeker, you don't have oh. to play any of our other games but if you play our other games you will recognize these characters so for example kiki is the uh, girl in the front with a tie she's actually from our manga she's the main character from our manga 
uh, okay. which anyone can read for free. And then the other character is Leaf, who is a character from our uh, Twitch stream for Other Worlds. So we do like a live play uh, tabletop RPG session, and her name is Leaf. Uh, so that is that character. That's just really cool that not only for like people that are just coming in here who like anime dating sims, which this was actually was the first game that I saw, like I was scrolling through, I found your account scrolling through, and I was like, okay, this sounds interesting, an anime dating sim board game. I need to have this guy on the show and talk about it. So this is what drew <laughs> me to you. And I don't even okay, play cool. anime sims. I just thought like, that's so fun. Um, but but for like your super fans that love the games you've already made, this is like a love letter to them as they can write love letters to your characters. Yeah, or if you if that's the first game you play, you'd be like, oh, I really like this character. Where are they from? And then you could find out and then you could see their media and then find out more about that character that way. So it works both ways. That's so fun. Okay, so then how does that play? Like after it gets funded fully by Kickstarter, you can go to the website and fund them now here at Learn More, right? Um, it takes Possibly. 30 minutes. I don't remember. <laughs> ages 14. Well, okay, let's find out. Um, 14 and up. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Takes you straight gotcha. to this. Yeah. So um, that's kind of like this. Yeah. So how do you play this game? Yeah, so the game's pretty simple. Uh, I love creating games that anyone can dive into and learn very easily. Um, to me, it's very frustrating whenever you pick up a cool-looking game, and then you spend hours trying to debate the rules, reading the rule book, and you can't figure it out. Uh, so with Heartseeker, the objective is the first player to win over three characters wins the game. Um, okay. As you play as you play the game, three of the uh, girls will enter into the lineup, and then you'll basically play different cards from your hand. There's three different card types. You have moves, you have favors, and you have actions. You can play up to one of each during your turn. Uh, move cards are the different symbols, and each girl has different symbols that she needs in order for you to win her favor, which counts as a point for you. So, for example, um, a character might need adventure, a little bit of humor, and a little bit of, uh, let's say, smarts. So the player who plays the last one of those move cards on that character ends up winning her favor and getting the point. Uh, it's a bit tricky, though, because you can only play one move card a turn typically, so whenever you play the move card, other players might be able to play a move card and snatch her up before you, but they might not have the right cards in their hand because a lot of actions, though, will change the way the game's played. So some actions will allow you to play two move cards. So you got to watch out for that. Or they allow you to look at a player's hand and discard cards from it. So there's a lot of interplay. There's a lot of, like, sort of take that strategies. And the characters themselves all have effects. So whenever the, the character enters play, uh, it may say everyone draws a card or whenever you gain the character, you and another player discard your hand. So there's a lot of things that change up the way the game's played. The one that always gets me is there's a character that whenever she enters play, everyone switches their hands to the left. And then whenever someone gains her, nice. you all move your hands to the right. And so I'll have like the perfect hand. And then I'm like, okay, good, I have a good setup. And then as soon as she comes out, she moves my hand to the left. I'm like, no, that was the perfect hand. Um, so there's a lot of chaos to it, but it makes it very fun. Anyone can dive in. Um, you know, action cards are, uh, are basically the effect cards. And then favors are another interesting um, card added to the mix. Essentially, every favor uh, corresponds to a single character in the game. And if you play that favor when that character's in play, you automatically gain that character for your point. However, anyone can discard a favor from their hand to negate your favor. And someone can discard a favor to negate any negate favor or any other favor played. So they just negate each other and okay. you can use it as kind of like a screw you. I don't want you to gain the, the character. So I'm going to keep it that way. Um, so 
it, it's just a, it's a crazy time <laughs> but it's a lot of fun i love that i'm hearing rules like some of my favorite aspects from some other card games that i love to play and you just combined them this is brilliant okay let's well, keep going like i like i have inspiration that comes from everywhere so does my game design uh -huh. you know i i take inspiration from different areas and put it together uh there's also like a little info card that everyone has because i love that idea of someone like having like okay right in front of them it tells you that you can play one of each card type it shows you an, a picture of each card type so you get it in your head and it also tells you like when you draw your cards and stuff like that so if you do have those questions you have that reminder card for every player so they don't have to keep asking you or they don't have to look through the rule book they have it right there in front of them that's brilliant that's so helpful and i love games that provide you that so thank you for being one of them um let's talk about spell slingers because right. i i saw that this was something that was kind of integral to the beginning of your story. So what is yeah, yeah. Spellslingers? How did this come to be? Yeah, so Spellslingers came to be... Um, wow, okay, so this is a... Okay, let me try to condense this answer. Uh, so okay. technically, in 2012, uh, I was inspired by a song that had a song lyric that said, uh, I'll bite the bullet just to save myself. And I thought that sounded cool. So I made a game out of a poker deck called Bullet, in which uh, you essentially play cards back and forth and you want to play a higher number or the same suit uh, to essentially cancel the bullet going at you and you go back and forth until a player can't do that. And uh, if you can't can continue playing cards, uh, you have to bite the bullet by flipping the top card of the poker deck over and hope that that works out for you. And if it doesn't, you're out of the game, but if it does, you keep playing the game and it just shoots, it essentially shoots the metaphorical bullet back and forth until someone gets eliminated. So okay. that was in 2012, and then in 2015 in December, um, I was thinking like, okay, I have other worlds released, but I was running into this issue where I'm like, hey guys, I designed tabletop games. Here's my game, Other Worlds, and it's like, okay, I want to show it to you, but to show it to you, I have to like, we have to schedule a session to like make a character and to show you the game, and you know, it, like showing someone a tabletop role playing game isn't something you can do in five minutes. So no, you need like five yeah. hours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i was like it was kind of like an issue i was running into so at december 2015 i was like okay let me make a card game uh, where essentially you can uh, i can easily take it with me anywhere i want it's very simple easy to teach people very fast and it's fun so like, it needed those five things and so i had thought about bullet that i made years ago and i was like okay that's a cool core like premise that i can use but what if there were special effects added? So like, what if you had cards that allowed you to draw extra cards from the deck or cards that allowed you to discard player uh, cards from players' hands? What if you had characters that changed the way you played? So you can have a character in play that allows you to play extra cards per turn uh, or have like okay. an extra life, things like that. So I was like, what if we sort of like gamify it, uh, sort of mix it up with like Yu-Gi-Oh or Magic the Gathering? And uh, it ended up becoming like a really fun game. I was testing it out and uh, ended up publishing it in 2017. And uh, a lot of people that play it call it either aggressive, like very aggressive Uno, or like Uno meets Magic the Gathering. So uh, that's Spell Slingers, and uh, we've currently sold um, almost a thousand copies, and that's all been through me, no distributors. That's just been through me, like going to shows or selling them off my website. Wow. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that's remarkable, actually. And because you said your company, where I read, I read in something you sent me that. Vindicated Entertainment is now 10 years old. Is that true? Yes. So uh, like I was telling you a little bit before we started, um, it wasn't, uh, it started off more as uh, just a fun project for me. And I was doing some graphic design stuff. And, you know, I wasn't really selling games uh, that much until uh, 2016, 
Um, I was selling some of the other world stuff. 2017, I got the card game out there in a big way. Uh, Kickstarter really helped put spell slingers on the map. So uh, it's sort of like 2017 is when people sort of known me more for having games out there and selling games. Uh, so that's kind of when that started. So yeah, Uno the Gathering. <laughs> Uno the Gathering, yeah. Uno with bullets, says X Factor. Oh, I dig it. So it's been roughly five years, right? I can do math. Five years since you've really like found your own, been hyper-focused on moving in this direction. Yeah, I'd say that's that's probably the best way to put it. So let's see, four geeks by geeks are now three years old. So in two years, I should have a full-time business selling interviews. Is that that's that tracks, right? That's the time. Well, they tell you not not to compare yourself to other people. It, it can be a dark road that you go down. Oh yeah, we talk about that a lot on this channel that comparison <laughs> just leads you nowhere. But you know, it's hard and I'm doing it anyway. Try to stop me. You can't. <laughs> uh, it, it is tough. No, like before we even before I even hopped on, I saw someone else is like, hey, this guy started uh, you know, three years ago and is more successful than me. Oh, okay, well, I'm just doing what I can. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about that a minute since we're kind of on that subject. Um, again, if you want to find out more about his games, we're gonna keep talking about them throughout, but if you're curious about the specific board games, use Command Vindicated and go check them out um, behind the scenes. Um, what would you say has been the major factor in your success? Because, yes, you've been doing this for 10 years and you've had a passion for board games for quite a while. But since you kind of chose this trajectory, you've, I would say, had a, or I guess I, I don't know how successful you feel you are. You can answer that. How successful do you feel like you have reached success or at least you're the level of success that you want in that five years and how did you get here uh i would say i've i, I feel like it would be wrong of me to say that i haven't reached any success um yeah. i definitely am not at the level i want you know i feel like that's the thing that anyone struggles with regardless of their growth but for me yeah. like to say i am successful uh that is basically uh that i could take care of myself and my family off of what i'm doing with vindicated that would be my version of vindicated being successful Sure. Like, okay. Yeah. So I think I've had success and I think I have success constantly. I would even say I experience success on a nearly daily basis, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but to be like successful, that is my personal definition is like, if I can take care of myself and my family from vindicated or like my passion projects, uh, you know, things that aren't working for someone else, then that is when I will personally feel like I'm successful. Okay. So then you're on your way. Yeah. Um, and you have sold copies of your games. You have how many board games have you created by now? I can't remember. <laughs> it depends on well, so it depends if you count the expansions and stuff, but I mean it's uh let's say we have Spell Slingers, Gulatine, Heartseeker, Other Worlds, uh Bittersweet Trick or Treat, um Bullet if you count that. We have uh do. we have a standalone Spell Slingers expansion if we count that, we have heads or tails. Um I feel like there's something I'm missing, but at least eight like released games. In in five slightly plus years. Yeah, that's the way to put it. <laughs> that's incredible. That's incredible. That's so cool. I'm disrupting yeah, my. Yeah, I appreciate. About it. That. Yeah, I I appreciate it. Uh, it is a lot Absolutely. of work that you have to. As soon as you release one, you're already at work on the next. 
Yeah, I'm I'm constantly like even right now I have like 30 games like just like game documents and most of those will never see the light of day, I assume. Sure. A lot of those actually go onto our Patreon where people can see. I think I honestly have over 100 game documents of unreleased games, games that may never be released, but like on my Patreon that's one of the things that people can see is like behind the scenes games as I work on it and sometimes they can see that a couple of years later a game that was just lying there the entire time will be made or brought to the forefront. Um, but yeah, I just throw in all my ideas and all my game design stuff on my Patreon is like a behind the scenes thing for people that care about that. Uh -huh. And I think it's actually very good for people that are interested in tabletop game design because you can see like how a game designer's brain works and all the ideas I have. And, uh, maybe they'll inspire you. You know, I'm not, I'm not so protective over like my ideas. It's like, like, I mean, obviously you don't want someone to just straight up rip you off or just copy something verbatim, but I'm not someone either that is like, oh, well, it's my ideas and because everyone you know my dad always told me that ideas ideas are a dime a dozen and there's been several things that i've made and released and i've seen other people release later and they sort of got credit for the ideas being first even though i can prove that i've technically done that first or whatever and it's yeah. fine i don't i don't harbor uh, ill will for that um, clearly I, yeah I, <laughs> I forgot to mention uh legendaria that's another game i released and i released like six expansions for that so there's that one. So, it, which for those uh, watching, Legendary is a tabletop role-playing game, but it's designed to be played through your phone. So you send text messages throughout the day, and the rounds are played on a daily basis. And uh, you can play with anyone around the world at any time. You can play on anyone's schedule. Um, it's very, very different and uh, very fun. I might add, but obviously I'm biased. Is that something you can get? Oh, I found it's available right now. Yeah, yep. it's available now. We have so the basic. Yeah, we have the basic core rulebook, and then we also have the core rulebook plus all the additional content modules. Oh my god, I'm staring at it now on the website. Use command vindicated to look at what I'm looking at, find it under RPGs. I'm going to read that later. Um, I got excited. So then Yeah, it's it's uh it's uh, it's crazy. Anytime we have someone play, um their experiences vary so wildly. Um, because everyone's yeah. assuming the role of different legends, and there's over 100 legends in the game to play as, and they each have very specific, interesting roleplay characteristics and abilities um, to the point where, like, two philosophers might end up meeting each other, and instead of fighting each other, they're like, hey, let's just sit down for a cup of tea and wish each other luck, and they'll just be discussing philosophy the entire day. And it's like two of your friends that's never even met in real life, but they're just having this, this discussion in a chat window, um, and just, I don't know, you'll have, like, Blackbeard, like, attacking, like, Camelot and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's a crazy time. I love that. That's what RPGs do. That's I could talk all day about just RPGs specifically, but you have. Yeah, made I'm like, so let me. Let, yeah, <laughs> it's like I could keep going on. Let me just uh, zip it yeah. a bit here. That's for later. Um, so what I'm curious, how does one begin? Oh, what's up, she anime? Thanks for the raid. Anime, how are you guys doing tonight? We have it that sound. Um, thanks for right, chilling sweet. out. Thanks for hanging. We are geeking out with Vindicated Entertainment, an indie tabletop game designer, created eight plus board games in the last five ish years. And he's not done. This is Vincent. Thanks for geeking out with us. Stick around if you want to know more about what goes into making board games, what kind of board games he's made. You can use Command Vindicated. And coming up in a bit, we're going to play Kiss, Mary Kill with some of uh, Vincent's <laughs> favorite anime characters, as well as some other random shit that I threw in there just for fun. Yeah. So I have not still seen this, up. by the way, guys. I don't know what's coming up with that. So if you want to see me surprised and answering this as best as I can, then stay tuned. That's what they're here for. 
Um, but I was asking, what is the process to creating a board game? Because if I was tasked with such a challenge, I would have no idea where to start. Yeah, um, unfortunately, this is a very hard question to answer uh, because there is so much to making a board game. Um, right. And I think that's why so many people struggle with it. You know, like for me, it's kind of odd because it, it, it really does come very naturally for me. And so like when I like I didn't even know other people would struggle with it. I'm like, oh, it's easy. You just, you know, just throw it together and here you go. Um, and it actually took me until maybe like my early 20s for several people to constantly be like, no, Vincent, we can't do this. Like you can like we need like this is a gift that you have. Like this isn't something I can do because um, it's like, I, you know, I'd be dating my wife and it's like, hey, like here's an idea. Why don't you make a game with this or that? And it's just like it does. It's just not the same. And everyone has their own skill sets. And and I'm very bad at a lot of things. But that's at least something I can do. But uh, to answer your question, how do you make your own board game? Um, I would say first, uh, it starts with a concept normally. Um, I guess you could start with a cool mechanic. So if you're like, hey, I want to have a cool game that involves like poker chips and um, D20s, then you could go from that. And it's more of a mechanics first and then um, sort of the themes and story later. Uh, sometimes okay. that happens and you could do that, uh, do it that way. Um, or like the idea like, hey, I want a tabletop RPG based on like texting through your phone. Uh, that is like right. something you could start with and then build from there. Um, but the, I would say the, the other way and probably the more common way is that you have an idea of like a creative theme in mind. Sometimes it can just be a word. Like someone could just say the word, like, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of something that's not actually something I plan on using that I haven't put out there. Uh, maybe if you had something called like, speaking out yeah, <laughs> maybe if you had like a, uh, the idea of like, oh, metal arm, like you just heard someone use that term metal arm. You're like, well, metal arm sounds cool. What would that be as a board game? And so then you say like, okay, cool. Uh, what if in the board game you you get different augments on your arm? So it's about being a fighter, like maybe a brawler. And then as you play the game, you get different types of arms you upgrade into. And as you beat your opponents, you can take their parts, like their scraps, and then you purchase like new arm upgrades to get like laser arm and stuff. And then so you start coming up with the cool creative parts of that. You think of what sounds cool. Maybe you have like a giant biomech T-Rex arm, and you're like, well, that sounds cool. That would that would certainly excite some people. Uh, and so then uh, once you get the creative done with that, you start mapping out the effects. And so um, you're like, okay, well, giant T-Rex arm. Uh, T-Rexes are known for being giant dinosaurs. A lot of people view those as being sort of the apex dinosaur. So it needs to probably have like a high attack value to represent that it's the alpha. You know, like it needs to be very dangerous okay. whenever it comes into play and it needs to be exciting. So you just start trying to marry the, the idea with the mechanics. So it's like, okay, well this uh if you had a shrink ray and someone shrinks it's like okay well obviously that makes them small so if you have numbers involved in the game you make the numbers smaller you know just you just try to the more things you can piece together with the mechanics and the creative i feel like the stronger the game will resonate with people okay okay so if that's not a game that you're creating i think i need it too because that sounds like <laughs> a lot of fun and it sounds super specific so i'm hoping that's like some back door game that you just released. oh no it honestly that was completely off the top of my head anyone's free to take that game Shut i am up. not gonna yeah you just that is right off the, top off of the, my cuff, head. the best game that i've never played yet that i want to right now you just made yeah, that anyone up can right take now. it yeah that's not me, on my me. back burner we are not worthy okay so then you you conceptualize the idea and how about how long does that take let's get rolling is asking that process just that chunk of the process how long does that normally take you uh, literally the time you just saw me do that. I mean, that's okay. literally, yeah, I just literally have an idea. I start mapping out. I just, 
I mean, normally I get into like a flow, you know, after that. So if I were, if I were immediately not on, like if I were not on, on the show right now and it was just left to me and it's like, okay, I got to make this game. I'd probably sit here for a few hours and just sit there and just draft out all my ideas and concepts. But as okay. far as just like coming up with something, it can, it can just happen at five to 10 minutes or whatever it was. I, I don't remember. <laughs> and then like working out the logistics and the techniques of the game takes a little while longer. Yeah, so to get the base, to get it to be playable, um, it might take a few hours to have like a, the rules laid out and to something that would be playable, uh, at mm -hmm. least for me. And then, um, and then it normally takes a few hours to then actually translate that over to like index cards. That's normally what I do whenever I play test a game is I hand write everything on index cards. Uh, you can wow. get stuff printed though. I mean, you could go to like Staples or FedEx, print something out, or you can use the Game Crafter. And but normally, I have the first prototype on index cards, and then once uh, the initial play test is done, um, where people have played it, and then I've noticed areas of confusion, I will then feel more comfortable paying for a prototype and making a prototype through the Game Crafter and having them send that to me, and then using that. Okay. Okay. So then you have the idea and you have all the rules set out and then you go from index card to maybe a prototype. And then let's say you have a super solid idea. You know how the game should be played. Then how do you actually go into production of this, creating this game? Oh man. Uh, so these are really big questions. Uh, for every game, it could be a little different. Um, there's a lot of games that I've made that have been just kind of sitting there for years because there's just a certain element I'm not happy with and I haven't finished. Yeah. Um, to actually having it being made, though, I mean, uh, part of it is trying to get the word out there. Uh, that's something I kind of yeah. struggle with. I mean, especially when you don't have like a big budget, it's not like you can yeah. just, yeah, pay for all these giant uh, influencers to share your, your game everywhere. And, you know, a lot of bigger companies, they will buy like, you know, 10 prototypes and each of their prototypes for $50, and then they'll ship them out, which would, would be like $25 a piece. They'll ship them out mm -hmm. to these big influencers in which they had to pay them hundreds of dollars to have their game on their channel. And like, I don't really have the money for that. So it makes it a bit tough on, on that end of things. Um, well, it's a good but, thing you know, I, massive influencer contacted you first. <laughs> makes it easy that way. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, for helping. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, at that point you want to get the game to where you're happy with it. Try to share it with as many people as possible. I do a lot of local events and shows. I go to uh, board game stores. I go to conventions all the time. I love conventions. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's just, I guess you put it on Kickstarter and you hope for the best. Would And would you say as somebody that is maybe somebody wanting to do what you do, is Kickstarter like the route that you would recommend going through? Yeah, I honestly feel like Kickstarter doesn't hurt in a lot of ways because it really exposes you to a lot more people. Um, a lot of my like best, like oh, there's a lot of community members that I have that found me through Kickstarter and they stuck around through like, like the Spellslingers Kickstarter, like one of my, uh, you know, some of my closest friends uh, now and my community members, you know, they find me through Kickstarter because it basically like advertises for you without you having to pay for it. Uh, so nice. it does help. Okay. Yeah. Now on the back end of that, though, I mean, there are downsides. Uh, obviously, you're advised to have an audience and have engagement, have people that want the game before you go to Kickstarter. Um, so you, you don't want to like rely on that necessarily. And whenever your Kickstarter project fails, it sits there for everyone to, to view. So you can be shamed publicly. Uh, but you know, I, I learned though that no one really publicly shames you for it. So um, so I think it's fine. Honestly, um, I, I think Kickstarter is a really good route, especially for for smaller uh, developers. 
Is that the route that you've taken all your games through so far? Or is there any other path that you've taken? So, uh, not quite. I have done the Game Crafter. They have their own version where you have like a print-on-demand model and you can just sort of upload it through them and then you could also do like a crowd sell through them. I've experimented with that, but it doesn't really advertise as well for you. Um, and the games are seen as sort of being less successful because of that. So like, I'll put out games through the Game Crafter and as far as playing at a convention, uh, they seem on equal footing with the games I released through Kickstarter. But on the online basis, they're way less popular. Like, just they don't have that sort of viral attention. Um, Kickstarter, I guess, just sort of puts it out there in front of more people. It seems more professional, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it may be. So I don't want to necessarily release a lot of games through Game Crafter at the moment, uh, unless I just had, like, this giant audience because... GameCrafter has its other advantages, though. I mean, like, if you crowdsource through them, they can actually make the game for you. They can, they can handle the back-end stuff. They can ship it out to everyone. So it does make things a lot easier. It just depends on if you're someone like me that wants to do this full-time and have a lot of extra copies of your game to bring with you to conventions. Yeah. Uh, it's not the route I, I would go with. But if you're someone who wants to make a game for fun for your friends and it not be, like, your career choice, uh, the GameCrafter is actually probably the better choice for you. Because I'm sure that product on demand is like pretty clutch, so you don't have to have. Yeah, all those it can be. Yeah, inventory. Um, yeah, and and it so, can be a good way to to show off your game, get it out there, see where the demand is, and then bring it to yeah. Kickstarter later. Oh, that's a good idea. See, look at this businessman, as if you've done this plenty of times prior. Yep. Oh, uh, but you I, mentioned uh, that definitely have. <laughs> you mentioned that this is something you want to do full time. Creating games, being a game publisher, is something you want to do full time. And um, we mentioned before we started streaming that you also have another full-time job that you are working in league with both of these things happening at the same time. Two full-time jobs. Speak to the person. Maybe it's an entrepreneur out there or it's just someone that wants to lean into their passion like you are and making, like doing everything that you also have to do with your other full-time job. How do you find the balance and where do you find the time and how do you not lose your damn mind? <laughs> Okay, well, I do think it's very important to, like, I always like to analyze things, uh, see what's working, what's not working. Um, There's an 80-20 rule. Uh, I can't remember the official name of it, but uh, essentially the idea between the 80-20 rule is 80% of what's positive uh, is coming from 20% of what you're doing. So just constantly analyzing the 20% of work that you're doing that's actually giving you the 80% of results uh, helps a lot. So again. For yeah, so, those who miss it, not me, those who can't think yeah, that fast. 80, 80% of your results is coming from 20% of what you're doing. So you constantly want to shave off the extra work you're doing that's not providing the results and double down, triple down, quadruple down on the 20% that is and just continuously do that. Okay. Um, it also helps that I, uh, I very much specifically set aside time for my wife or for my friends or for my family. Um, if I feel burned out, I'm not afraid to walk away and to um, try to enjoy personal time or whatever time it may be. Um, for you. Now, granted, I am very lucky and fortunate that I, I can work so much without feeling burned out. You know, it's something that, you know, I, I, I do feel like I can sort of extend myself a bit more than someone else might can uh, before feeling burned out. Um, trying to think of what else to, to say to this. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, for example, last year I was doing around... 12 to 15 streams a month. And um, I was thinking, okay, this year, um, I want to cut that back because 
it's not my main focus is to do some of these streams, but I still love the community interaction I have through my streams and it still helps the business some. And yeah. so I do, I do think it's important, but I want to see if I can cut this back and not really lose the results, but also gain that time so I can put it elsewhere. So I cut it down to roughly seven streams a month. So I gained a lot more time from cutting it from 12 to 15 yeah. to seven. Half the time. Yeah. Yeah. And on my end of things, it's been the exact same. Like I've lost like nothing by cutting it. So it's just been nothing but time okay. that I gained and I can put that elsewhere. So, so just constantly analyzing. Yeah. Of that, that 80% of your success comes from 20% of your doing so that extra seven streams was not part of that 20%. So you just cut exactly. them out and you haven't lost success. That's interesting. I'm actually going to be thinking about this, that 80% of your success comes from 20% of your doing. I've never heard that. And yeah. That and they, they say too. Yeah. And, and they said that you can actually apply that to the rest of your life too. It doesn't yeah. have to be business. I mean, that's the way that my mind sort of thinks of it mostly, but huh. um, yeah, it's something that's helped me a lot. So there you go, everyone. Have you heard that in the chat? Anybody else hear that? Or is that, am I the first one that has never heard that before? Um, let's get rolling. Had a question in the chat. Said so other than outsourcing, like through the product on demand or through whatever you're doing to, to uh, print the games, where, what other outsourcing do you do example for the art? Cause a lot of people were loving the art that they saw at your website. Thank you. Command Vindicated Thank to you. check it out. <laughs> yeah. So fun fact, I used to do all the artwork at first, uh, but I learned, here's another rule I learned. Um, if you can outsource someone to do something, uh, that will save you time and like it's just it's probably better to do that if that's not like your main focus um even if like what they do isn't even to the full ability that you can um it saving that extra time is very valuable for you so it's worth doing that normally it's recommended like if they can do it up to like 75 percent of what you can do then it's worth doing um so hmm. but with that being said i guess it's not directly applicable because the artists i work with are more talented than i am so that's not directly applicable to that but i decided i was like hey i need i need more time uh, to actually design the games and do everything else. Uh, doing good art takes a lot of time. Um, so to answer your question for outs outsourcing artwork, um, thankfully my wife is a wonderful artist. She's actually illustrated all of Gulatine. She did all the art for Gulatine, everything really? that you see in it. Yeah. Um, so her and I worked on that together. It's, it's our game. Um, so she did that. I was going to see if I had an open copy, but I don't. Um, or not next to me at least. But yeah, so she did that. Um, and then I have a friend um, who is an amazing artist. He did all the artwork for the manga that you see. He done um, a lot of the artwork for Otherworld's Adventures and um, for our Vindicated Zine, uh, the one that you see on the front page and every, everything. Mm -hmm. um, he's actually so talented. Uh, he's done, well, maybe I shouldn't say some of the, I'll just say he's done professional work for really big comics. Uh, and I, I probably can't say which ones, but you, you would definitely know the... Uh, you would definitely recognize the characters if I said, um, but I'm, I'm just thankful he's my best friend. So him and I work very closely together. We're getting lunch tomorrow. Um, so uh, nice. I'm just good friends with him. Yeah, so that works. Uh, uh, outside of that, uh, Fiverr is a really good place. Uh, that's where I've gotten some stuff done yep. before. Um, and I have an artist. Yeah, I have an artist there that I work with very closely. Um, and I try to stick with each game to have one artist if I can. Um, with other worlds, uh, it's it, that was my first big project. So I have a bunch of artists from all over the place, local artists, artists I've met online. Um, that one's kind of over the place, and, and that one kind of taught me like, okay, I like the art for that, and that's sort of my experimental project. But for Gulatine, it's all one artist. Heartseeker's all one artist. The manga's all one artist. 
um legendary is a few artists instead of it being a ton of artists so we just try to keep it more focused on that that's incredible i love that and and you can see while looking at the games each one kind of has its own little style they all seem cohesive like it's almost like your brand is on it but it's still like this game has its style legendary has its style other worlds has its style and i i can appreciate that and john I himself yeah. says i can attest to writing or art taking a while he's our little yeah <laughs> it does take a very long time for sure um, uh, one thing that doesn't help me anything tonight yeah one thing that doesn't help me with art is i'm actually colorblind so i can see color yeah i can see yeah. color but um it's it's off enough to where i i can paint something i think's yellow or draw something and color it and i think it's yellow and it's actually green or if it's red it's actually brown you know so it kind of messes okay. uh with me a bit but i have my friends joke with me they're like vincent you do a really good job picking out like the brand colors and setting this up for someone that's colorblind like, this actually looks pretty good uh so i'm happy to hear that but i always have to double check like with my wife or someone else before i yeah. actually publish something or put it out there because i actually like sometimes get it wrong that's interesting you would think though that i guess you tell me does color theory still work in colorblind world like complementary colors would still be complementary if you're colorblind wouldn't they or no i i believe so but i'm not gonna pretend like i 100 know that answer it's but like you can't I, see somebody I, else's yeah. eye so you're never gonna know yeah i i i think so i think you're right that's cool that's why you can still put them together good for you that's awesome and what a fun fact um <laughs> okay we are we're getting ready to transition here in a few minutes to kiss mary kill anime random shit edition that i found on the internet um so stick around for that we'll be gearing up towards that just a fun way to end the stream but i'm still curious if somebody was in the chat tonight and maybe they wanted to do exactly what you're doing which is create board games um what would be a piece of advice that you would give them something that maybe you you wish someone told you when you started back when you were 10. <laughs> oh man uh if someone gave me advice for creating board games i don't know why that's so tough i mean I, i'll say the one piece i'll at least give one advice right now that has been hard for me to sort of latch onto. but if someone else ha can do this i think they should which is to find someone if they can sort of like job shadow underneath them or have like a mentor that's mm -hmm. done this before if they have that opportunity to reach out to someone um, and sort of like work with them on a somewhat day-to-day -day or week-by-week -week basis and just sort of learn that way. Um, for me, I learn mostly by by doing. Like I, I'm way, I'm very hands-on. So like I can't really learn that much by just reading in a book. Like I have to try to apply things and, and, and have someone like over my shoulder saying like, hey, you're doing this wrong. This is what you need to do. And someone tell me that as I'm working on it. So, uh -huh. but one thing that's been tough for me is like, out in South Carolina, I've never personally met like another game designer, like without it being at like a con somewhere else. And they're from like a state way over there that I'm not like close by to. So um, right. I've kind of had to stumble and figure things out on my own. I never really had a mentor kind of showing me the ropes. I've had to like constantly fall. And so if someone else can find a mentor, I definitely recommend that. And I will say that one thing I didn't really realize before is you might be surprised how small the world is in terms of like, how you can reach out to people and hear back from them. And they may be someone that you would think would never respond to you, 
But these last few years, I've reached out to people and I've gotten responses from people way bigger than I am, uh, like really cool people. And uh, it's worth taking that chance. And I think it's worth reaching out. Uh, and especially if it's someone that you follow their games, I think they would probably be more than happy to help you out. Um, so I would, I guess that'd be my advice is don't be afraid to reach out to someone for help. And because uh, a lot of people get afraid. I don't know why a lot of yeah. people are too afraid to, to reach out and ask for help, but don't be afraid to reach out to ask for help. Don't be afraid to reach out to people that you might think are too big for you and um, try to find like a mentor of some sort. Great. Did you guys catch that at home? Did you miss that? It's not bad to ask for advice. It's not bad to ask for help and to find somebody that knows how to do this whole thing. That's done it already. Like, I don't know, maybe Vince from Vindicated Entertainment. I, I have helped out people, and I'm, I'm very happy to. I, I'm a very, I like to I like to try to help it where I can. Yeah, that was my question was, do you have people in your life that you feel like you are mentoring on the same path right now? Uh, to some extent. So I've had my I've had my college professors reach out to me, and um, they they were required to uh, do like job internships or or, or uh, job shadowing and stuff, and. Yeah. Um, they they wanted to choose me like they'd rather job shadow with me than some like some other other place so i've actually had like i've worked with interns and helped them out and stuff like that um and i've had students reach out to me and ask for help and i've helped them i've also been asked to go to uh, different high schools and uh help teach their students uh for entrepreneurship um so i've helped a lot of students and and, and people uh, it's been mostly in the realms of business um and creative and more so like fitting the creative in with the business and less so about helping someone uh, with board games specifically. Okay. Okay. Um, that's, I think that's great. I, I can just tell that you have the right mindset about this and I can tell that's why you are successful because one, you're really fucking smart. Like you can come up with the shit <laughs> I appreciate that. that fast. Of course. I just love, and I love that you've leaned into this thing that you love because you loved it and you were good at it and you just didn't ask questions. You just like you took your teacher's advice. Shout out to that teacher that said, go home, find out what interests you and do that. That's basically the secret to life. Go yeah, home. Miss Gray, thank you so you. much. Miss Gray shout is your name? Gray. Yeah, Miss Gray. Can we get a shout out in the chat for Miss Gray? No, that's a seller teacher. And the fact that she wouldn't even let you take the easy way out. She was literally going to fail you if you did. I think that's yeah. wonderful. We need more teachers. Hey, I'm going to share this with her too. I, I, we're, we're Facebook friends. So I'm going to share this. Yes. With her. <laughs> we can always clip it. Um, okay. So last question before we, we transition, uh, how, where is the place that people can best support you? Uh, so best support is probably Patreon. It's just the easiest way to kind of have our little community going there. You get to see the inner workings of what I'm working on. You get to see my thought process on things. You get to see, um, more detailed sort of intimate personal stories and like my, my own little blogs I post, um, where I'm like, okay, like, I don't mind if this gets out there, but you know, I, I'm kind of just sharing this with my community. And, and so if you see it, you see it, you don't, you don't, it's fine. Um, okay. we also have uh, polls where people can vote on what we're going to play and stream. Uh, we, uh, I show uh, artwork uh, in the background. We also have people vote on possibly what games I actually focus on next. 
um so that can like people can really steer me in different directions because if i see that there's uh attention brought somewhere and not somewhere else and i'm kind of split between the two which happens a lot i'm like all right yeah. i guess i'm going with that that one so uh patreon's the number one uh one but i understand that not everyone feels comfortable with patreon we have a discord server which is really cool to hang out in you can jump in that you can get to know me uh, i'm very active in there you can get to know everyone else it's uh really cool in there uh it's not even just vindicated we also just talk about general anime manga video games all that fun stuff um nice. so i'd say basically discord patreon uh twitch is fun but those are the the main things okay did you guys catch all that i do have all those links on your website on vindicated entertainment.com yeah you can find everything from the website uh, we have links on the home page especially to our um, patreon and to our discord community perfect okay well guys use command vindicated and you can go right to his website and learn all about all the these got to offer including a manga that you are creating give like the yeah. quick 15 second blurb about that because i don't want to not talk about it <laughs> yeah so i have to give most of the props to this one to my friend that friend i told you that does a lot of the art with me and stuff uh he's uh -huh. like hey vince i want this to be a vindicated manga so we're working together on it but he's doing all the artwork he's doing the writing i'm just helping him put it out there i'm helping sharing it tying in with the vindicated brand um but essentially uh there's different characters they're all monsters going to this monster high school um it's very reminiscent to me if you're fans of like kill a kill scott pilgrim versus the world and like jojo's bizarre adventure those are like the three things that come to mind when it comes to this manga so if any of those ring a bell for you definitely check it out it's available for free uh, we have chapter one released. Uh, we're about to release chapter two, and chapter three is almost done. Uh, so you can go ahead and jump in on that. Great. I'm excited. I'm going to go check out that manga uh, after we're done here. Um, so while we are playing our next game, you guys feel free to continue with some questions. If there's anything that we touched on tonight that you haven't gotten the answer to and you've got some burning questions, we're not done hanging out. So please keep those questions coming in the chat, but we're gonna transition a little bit to just a palate cleanser, a little tradition that we do here in 4Geeks by Geeks, which is <laughs> we talk, 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 and then we just act ridiculous on the internet. So I'm curious, we're gonna play a little round of Kiss, Mary Kill. And of course I might run into uh, technical difficulties trying to share this, cause I don't think it's gonna work. Chrome doesn't have permission, okay? Yes, you do, don't lie to me. <laughs> um i'm reading and, and streaming at the same time because i've put together a few different versions of kiss mary kill and i've used some things that actually we got to talk about yesterday because we were talking when can we reschedule the stream that's not working because um, that's, again, my fault. Technical difficulties by the merch. Command merch. Um, and so he shared some of his favorite anime. And before we talked about some of those in some of the games. So I made some Kiss, Mary Kill editions for that. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. This is going to be fun. I've uh, I've been thinking about bringing something like this onto my stream. But uh, I, I, I've not done one yet. So I'm excited to do this. <gasps> well, good. I can't wait. Um, and I'm just trying to make this I want to show you. I had this whole slideshow. And you know what? Here's exactly um, ah, technical difficulties every streamer's plague, especially this. And yeah, uh, Bozer acting up on the internet. Imagine. Who, who would have guessed? <laughs> but give me 15 seconds to try to get something in order. And this is why we have this. Don't go anywhere.
Oh, it's done. I guess it's too, too, not that long. I guess I can put that on the loop. <laughs> hey, it's a cool screen, I'm though. I, I dig the it. The worst. Right? That's the only reason I made it. I just didn't think I'd need longer than that time. Okay, computer. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think I got it. I think I'm figuring it out. Oh, I see. I see. I see. I see. Boom. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. No, don't quit and reopen. Don't quit and reopen. We quit and reopen, we lose everything, which is great. Uh, yeah, that would not be good. Wait, wait, wait! Look, guy. Stop! Yes, you do! Yes, you do! It's saying I don't have access, but I do! I gave it to you! I can see it here! Share, you piece of shit! So, I'm reading the Whoa. chat right now. Cantina13 says, let's play Smasher Pass Heartseeker Edition. Just letting you know, it'd be smashed the entire way through, so it'd be a boring game. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But I do like the idea. Uh, it, it is fun. Okay, can we do this? Can we try this? Can we do this? Just you do. Whatever. Okay, well, you just have to take my word for it. We don't have a visual, and we don't need one, especially for you podcast listeners after the fact. <laughs> okay, so round one of Kiss, Mary Kill. We are using uh, one of your favorite video games, Final Fantasy. All right. It is. Had a Final Fantasy themed wedding for for the chat here, letting you know it was a uh, it's quite quite the uh, experience. Okay, we can't let that go past. How was the <laughs> wedding Final Fantasy themed? Thank you, Alec, for the bit. Yeah, so Final Fantasy themed wedding. We had music, Final Fantasy music the entire time. My wife walked down with Aerith's theme, um, a very like subtle one too. It wasn't like her main theme that she normally has. Um, we had like the bu the bouquet of like Aerith's flowers. We had the Buster swords. We had that on the table. We had Moogle yeah. cake toppers. We had Moogle plushes. Um, so it was it was a good time. That's so cute. Yeah, we okay, were so not in costume though. I'll say that sometimes when I bring okay, this up, they're like, "Oh, were you dressed with like with the giant yellow wig?" No, I, we didn't do that. Like you proposed with a Buster sword rather than a ring or <laughs> a mithril ring. No, fun fun story though. I, I proposed with a ring pop and then I threw it to the side and actually proposed with an actual ring. But my uh so my <laughs> wife, whenever we first started dating, she's like, I wouldn't care if you proposed to me with a ring pop. So I literally did that uh at first and then I pushed that away and actually brought out an actual ring. You're like, oh yeah, bet. <laughs> oh, thanks for the hundred bits, Cantina. He's showing you up, Alec. Yeah, you just had to show Alec up. So we're gonna go to first to Final Fantasy fifteen. All right, fun stuff. And I want to know, out of the original Choke of Bros, Noctis, Ignis, Prompto, and we're going to add a fourth. We're going to add Gladio in there. Just okay, so I was going to say, it. how are you going to do this? There's four. So we're going to break the format a little bit. We're going to have four. Um, who are you going to kiss? Who are you going to marry? Who are you going to kill from the Choke of Bros? What? And is just, is just the fourth one left out? The fourth one gets nothing. Survives and none of your love. Okay. Or okay. All right. So main Final Fantasy 15 cast. Um, this is going to. Uh, so this is actually way tougher than I thought. <laughs> actually, being <laughs> put on the spot for it. So uh, I almost have to say Mary Ignis because Ignis cooks. I cannot cook at all. Ignis is very Ooh. much like I will take care of you. I will drive around. I will cook. I will make sure things are, are organized, clean. 
Um, so I feel like Ignis kind of fills in like a, a very good support character, a uh, very good support for like what I would need. Um, uh -huh. So I feel like, you, you know, you need someone that can kind of be the yin to the yang. So I feel like that would be Ignis. So Mary there. Uh, I feel like Noctis is the uh, like, Noctis and Prompter are like the pretty boys. So I guess it'd be Kiss on one of them. And then uh, I guess kill Gladio. I mean, he's the big, he's the big boy and uh, he'd be the hardest to kill. But, you know, he's already, like, seen some fights. He's got some scars on him already. So you just you know, go ahead and whack him. Just take him out. By the way, yeah, thanks to the hype out, train, bro. the near hype train, with all the bits that is happening from the back and forth between Alec and Roland and Cantina. Thank you, guys. All of you. Says your move. You know, we, <laughs> and I also, Gladio's the... Yeah, Gladio's the oldest. I mean, he's experienced more of life, you know, so we need to we need to pass it on to the to youth there. And so we'll just uh we'll kiss we'll kiss Noctis and Prompto, we'll marry Ignis and then kill Gladio. Okay, okay. And chat, feel free to chime in if you have a feeling who you're gonna kiss, who you're gonna marry, who you're gonna kill. Um oh, Thank you, She Anime Podcast, for the sub. Yes, thanks. Oh my god, X Factor and all the gifts. Oh, it was gifts. Oh, who's gifting all of these? I can't even keep up. You guys are too much. Let's get rolling. Stop. Thank you for gifting all of those. Let's get rolling. You're amazing. Awesome, guys. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to go right off the bat and just shoot Prompto. Because I really can't stand him. I mean, he has even the gun, though, too. So it'd be, it'd be like a Greek tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to fall on his own sword. Um, even though when we cosplay, that's who I do. Because I, I realize fully I have Prompto energy and I get it. <laughs> that might be why I hate him. I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of nemesis <laughs> thing. Um, I'm going to kill Prompto. I'm going to kiss the cook. Ignis okay. probably made us some amazing meal, so I'm going to give him a little smooch for that. I'm just going to leave Noctis to his own moody boy dwellings off to the side, and I'm going to take Gladio. I'm going to marry him and spend the rest of my life with Gladio. He's strong. Okay, well, He's encouraging. Sure. That guy gives a speech like you need, like you need every day. He's never gonna let you feel bad about yourself. He does. I mean, he they're they're all four good. I like them all, but uh, that's. I mean, at least at least he got some love on your end because I killed him on my end. So there we go. Yeah, there we go. It's fair. Okay, <laughs> it balances out. All right, so we're gonna stick in the uh, final fa Final Fantasy realm for this next one. Slightly different. We're gonna move to Final Fantasy VII, and. This could be original. This could be remake. I don't know if that matters in your eyes. So you picture whichever. Okay. It doesn't matter. But it's going to be Kiss, Mary Kill between Cloud, okay. Tifa, okay. and Red 13. Cloud, Tifa, and Red 13. Okay. Um, let's kiss Cloud. Uh, Mary Tifa, because she's a she's a total uh, waifu over there, and then we'll uh -huh. kill Red Thirteen. I mean, I love Red Thirteen, but we're gonna we're gonna put act. down the dog. Yeah, I mean, if it was like pet, if pet was an option, I mean, I have him as a pet, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna marry the dog. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna marry Tifa over here. X Factor said, yeah. Easy see, X Factor says easy answer. There we go. Mary and Tifa, baby. Well, well, I'm. I'm still, I'll marry Tifa, of course, he's waifu, but I'm going to give that exactly. puppy a smooch because he deserves it, he's such a good boy. Sure, sure. he is a good die. boy. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, that's, that's fine. says I'm putting down any dog for Tifa? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you, Esther? 
<laughs> Cantina said, I'd kill Cloud and Red 13 for Tifa. <laughs> None of them's getting kissed, just married, and the rest will go die. My god, you guys are ruthless to poor Red 13. Which, um, I've been playing the remake on Switch, or not even remake. I wanted to play the remake, so first I'm playing the original on Switch. Okay. His name is not Red 13 in the. Oh, wait, maybe you changed be. it. Yeah, you probably just changed it. I probably changed it. What happens with games? I play them for a while, and then I get distracted and forget for like months, and then I come back. And I think is in my game, his name is Ajax, but I think I changed it. Or maybe yeah, that you, was a suggested name because it wouldn't allow for. I don't know. I went to go. I was like, what is his name? It's not Ajax. Red 13. I it's of course I'm the problem. <laughs> Let's get rolling says me sitting here like an uncultured swine, never playing any for Final Fantasy ever. Oh my god, will you guys stop with the subs? You're animals! We're in a level two <laughs> hype train right now. This is a banner Tuesday yeah. sesh. Vince, you're making me want to do these on Tuesday exclusively because we've never gotten this much love. Hey, I'm happy to hear it. I'm happy to bring in the bad luck technical difficulties and all the hype train. Wow. You're like the yin to my yang and the yang to my yin all at the same time. Yep. That's what I'm here for. Thank you for the bits, John. 83% of the way to a level two hype train. <laughs> let's get rolling. Says, yeah, let's stop with the subs. Wink, wink, tongue in cheek. Okay. <laughs> Round three of Kiss, Mary Kill. We're going to move to one of the anime that you said yourself you love. You felt All like right. it was an unpopular opinion, so we're going to ask the chat. How do you guys yeah. feel about Darling in the Franks? If you're not familiar, like I wasn't, I can still show this on stream, apparently. But I can't show in Keynote. God damn it. Um... So, Darling in the Franks, I'll show you this, is this anime, for those that need a refresher. Uh, th this guy, this guy, this one, this. And it's a mech anime. It's You were telling me pre-stream that it's a blend of two studios that made which anime? Yeah, so you have Studio Trigger, who um, a lot of the people from that did Gurren Lagann. Uh, they did Kill a Kill. Um, they've done Premiere. Um, and then the other studio has done... Uh, most notably, Sword Art Online. I believe they also did Ghost in the Shell. So, yeah, those two teams combined. This is the only project they've ever done together. So, it has an interesting blend of both. And uh, it's definitely definitely just a, a very interesting experience, to say the least. Which I love I'm Gurren Lagann. Yeah, I'm not even the hugest Mecha fan. But obviously, I love Gurren Lagann and I love Darling in the Frank. So, if it's a good show, I can care less if there's the Mecha in it. Like, I'm going to love the show regardless. Yeah. And I love that art style. Of like kill a kill and um, and I love Sword Art Online. So now I really have to go watch these. Um, and where'd you say you can watch these? Should be able. See, it's weird. The uh, so so Funimation and Crunchyroll are merging. Uh, I watched it on Funimation, but I don't know if it's still there. Like, what's going on with that? I'm sure it's on Crunchyroll, I guess now. Okay. But it used to only be on Funimation. But there's a weird thing going on with that. So I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to find it somewhere. Let's get rolling. It says Kiss and Mary Miku. And X-Factor says, gotta be honest, haven't watched it, but she's hot, though, in personality, too. <laughs> and um, Alec was so, aware. So Miku, Miku is a little bit of a hot take. Uh, I think Miku's right. awesome, but she's kind of the uh, tsundere, like, hot-headed character that gets pissed off easily. Um, 
So I'm sure you've seen that type before in an anime. It's uh, fairly oh, of like a trip. Yeah, she's the one that should put her hands on her hip and kind of yell at you and stuff. Um, but they're all really good characters. I actually really love the whole cast of characters. I think that's one thing the show does really well is the characters. You, you start seeing more sides to them. And by the end of the show, you realize how three-dimensional those characters are. They all go through arcs where they change by the end of it. Um, so it's a real fun time. I love a character arc in an anime. It's honestly what brings me back to it every time. Okay, so in our setup, and maybe we might change it for the chat, um, I said kiss, marry, kill between Hero, Zero Two, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, Zorome? Zorome? Uh, Zorome. Zorome, okay. Yeah, Zorome. All right, so Zorome is the yappy boy um, that likes to yell a lot. Uh, he's actually paired up with Miku in the show. Like they each kind of have like a partner they have to work together with. Um, okay. So his main thing is he's partnered up with her. So they're both kind of yap yappy and they get on each other's nerves constantly. That's sort of their dynamic, but they still try to have to like work together and like learn to to care about one another and, and how their dynamics play out. Um, Hero is very cool because his whole thing is he he's supposed to be the leader, but out of nowhere, nowhere. Uh, he can no longer operate the mech. Like every time he Ooh. tries, for some reason, it no longer works. He used to be he used to achieve the highest scores among his team, and then all of a sudden it doesn't it doesn't work. And he's like, well, this is my entire purpose. He was basically raised to be a soldier and to fight and to be in this mech, and he can no longer do it. So he feels like his life no longer has meaning. And so he's like, just please like show me a sign, like give me some re like some way that I can actually uh, stay a pilot and actually you know live my life the way that it's been built to. And uh, he's not able to until Zero Two shows up, essentially. Um, but Zero Two is this mysterious girl, and he's told that anyone that pilots with her on their third time, they die. Um, so a lot, a lot of Hero's friends is like, hey, don't pilot with her or you'll die. Like, like we don't want you to die because you're our friend. And he's like, well, this is the only way it works. Like, you know, so there's this huge complication that comes in. And what's cool about the show is it explains why. It explains all those answers, like all those weird things that pop up that I just told you about. It actually will explain it throughout the show. So you learn why people like struggle uh, piloting with Zero Two. You learn why Hero uh, suddenly lost his ability to pilot. Uh, you learn all that stuff throughout the show. So they answer all those questions. And I love when they finally actually give you answers because so many anime don't, or they just expect you to read the manga to get the backstory. But yeah, yeah. I need answers and I need them now, and I need them in dubbed English because I'm a dubber. Hey, so well, good news three, is. Good news is Darling in the Franks has an amazing dub and it actually started out as an anime. So while it has a manga, the manga is based off the anime, but it is actually written to be an anime. Great. Great. Yep. Okay. So then out of those, Hero, Zero Two, and Zoro May, Kiss, Mary, Kill. Oh my God. Let's get rolling is gifting five subs. You guys are insane tonight. Awesome. Uh, all of so like, looks like a potato. Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, have to marry Zero Two right off the bat. That is, like, not even a question. Uh, anyone that's watched the show knows that. Um, okay. Hero, though, would kill me uh, if I if I were to do that and he wasn't dead, so I have to kill Hero. Okay. Um, and then Zorame would be the one that gets the kiss. Um, he, uh, you know, he, 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 he's a, he has stuff to do, so he'll, you know, he'll get the kiss and move on. He'll get a quick smooch, move on, while you run off with Zero Two. Yeah. I haven't seen the show, but that kind of seems like probably the take that I'd go with. She seems fun and, 
hero seems like the moody Noctis kind of energy that we don't need to <laughs> around our relationship. We just have to please admit. A dub on Crunchyroll is so is 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 on Crunchyroll, so you're good. Okay, good to know, good to know, good to know. Um Lesker Roland says, Flip's hair took a female lead to do it. Of course. Okay, so that's that's we did a few, you know, kind of normal kiss Mary kills, but I think yeah. what I have coming up next. Oh no, just kidding. I got a couple wild cards at the end, but first, you mentioned earlier before the stream that you love Gurren Lagan because of this show that's all related. And we and I shared how much I love that too. So out of those, I want to know the classic three: Simone, Kamina, and Yoko. Okay. Who's it gonna be? I'm gonna show for, um, for the chat. We're gonna see what they look like. All right. So uh, Yoko is amazing. So obviously you gotta marry her. Uh, honestly, the three the three characters are all amazing. But I mean, I, I just all. I honestly I don't think anyone can blame me. Yeah, I mean, no one can blame me though for choosing Yoko. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll with it. I'm going with Yoko. Um, and I will say though, when Simon gets older, it's one of my favorite character designs ever. Like his his adult look is so cool. Oh, he looks badass. Um, oh yeah, he looks like a total badass. Uh, and I won't spoil the show here, but I'll just say uh, because you've watched the show, and anyone that's watched the show will understand this. Because of the way the show unfolds, I will just choose to kiss Simon, uh, and I love Kamina. But I, I think just the way things play out, I'll just choose to kiss Simon. Okay. Uh, I will unfortunately ask Kamina, even though he's one of the best characters ever written in, in a show. Ever. Uh, and, yeah, I like literally it. ever. Uh, he is he is top tier, uh, and I will marry you. Kamina. Uh, this is yeah, really he, hard. he is honestly one of the best characters. He's so good. Because this anime means so much to me because. I, like now i'm encouraging everybody lean into your geeky side really geek out loud pursue your passion it wasn't until i don't know i was i don't know four four or five years ago that i actually finally started watching anime and this was the first one i watched all the way through just because That's i was a crazy through, one to start with yeah. <laughs> i know it was super random it was on netflix and i just started this one i was like this looks like a cool animation style it's got mechs um it seems like the characters are fun I'll give it a try. I watched the first episode. I was like, okay, that seems kind of fun. And then it just kept stepping up and one-upping itself, one-upping itself. It does and that. It very much one-ups itself the entire time. The whole time. Yeah. And until it was that I just fell in love with every one of these characters. Like Simone is just like the heart of every little boy that wants to be greater but doesn't think he can kamina is like what everybody needs in their life that encouraging douchebag sometimes and yoko <laughs> is like the flirty but really cool badass one like i love them all so this is gonna be hard mm -hmm. i can't kill any of them can i kill the like animal king <laughs> the beast king yeah and, uh, and i mean i'll say this too like if we were doing like a tier ranking like s tier i mean they would all go on yeah. s tier i mean that's how like that's yeah. how good these characters are also, thank you, Cantina. Don't let your wife kill you. Don't spend any more money on this stream, but thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still do not watch anime, but I want to start watching Hack. It looks dope, says Cantina. Um, and you can kill me if you need a sub. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I might kill Cantina and marry all three, and we just live as a quadruple couple. Um, yeah, that sounds like a plan. God, no, I don't. 
I don't want to axe any of them. I don't know why this is like the hardest decision of my life right now. I guess yeah. I. Well, I'll say this. I'm going to be right back. I'm going to walk over and get something real quick. Okay. I got all these bins in the way, but I'll be right back. Okay. That's fine. Y'all help me. I can't make a decision. Cantina third. Let's get one says, um, my husband yelled from the office. My cards keep pinging. Are you buying things? <laughs> well, you guys, thank you so oh. much for hanging out and, and starting this hype train and wasting your money on the stream. Thank you so much. So this is very finicky, but my friend gifted me this Yoko. <gasps> so yeah, we have this Yoko here. I love her. Super, uh, yeah, super finicky, but he gave it to me as a gift, so I am very appreciative of that. He also gave me a Zero Two SH Figure Arts, and then I also have a, a little statue of Zero Two here. So, oh, so you know, I just kind of had to choose. It made sense. I need more figures. I don't. I'm seeing like all the figures you have in the back. I want some more. <laughs> I have a lot. Okay, you know what? I'm kissing Kamina. I'm I'm xing Simone. I'm running off with Yoko. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. Um, John, I was wondering if you were sketching. A lot of times, what John does oftentimes during our streams is he'll sketch, and then he'll later share in the Discord what he sketched that night. And it's just oh, that's like fun. one of my favorite things. Yeah, okay, so awesome. here's kind of a, a weird one for you. Um, we're going to leave the anime world for a minute. Okay. Um, think about Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Um, out of... First draft Sonic. Okay. Are, are, hold on. First draft Sonic. Are you talking about that First horrid design for the live action movie? First draft Sonic. Is that what yes. we're talking about though? Okay. Yes. Okay. The, the taxidermy Sonic. Taxidermy Sonic. Okay. Um, original Sega Tales. Or okay. Idris Elba, the actor. Who do you kiss? Who do you marry? Who do you kill? Uh, well, Idris Elba has the best voice. Uh, he's a handsome man, and he has a lot of money. So I'm going to marry Idris Elba. Uh, also, I mean, tons of good opportunity and just a good conversational partner, I'm sure. Uh, Tails sure. might get a little annoying and just kind of, I mean, it's all like 8-bit and stuff. So it's like, I don't know how that would quite be and work. It might just be kind of weird. And the taxidermy thing would scare me, so I'm just going to have to kill that thing. Just kill it. <laughs> just take the knife, just, you know, gone. <laughs> and it. Yeah. I'm following your footsteps. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with Idris Elba. Yeah, it's it, it. I think that's the obvious, the obvious choice for that one. Oh, Cantina just challenged me. Those are Kiss, Mary, Kill, T, PK, and Moose. Go. These are T is currently with the channel. PK and Moose have gone to sow their wild oats. Um, well, obviously, I'm going to marry T because he's my husband right now. Um, I was gonna say, with me not knowing these people, I'm gonna marry T because they're in the chat and they draw, so that's awesome. Uh, -huh. uh, Moose, I like Moose, so I'm gonna go with, uh, Kiss Moose, and then PK, I don't even know what those initials stand for, so they can, they can go. So he can go. It stands for yeah, Pineapple Kimchi. Does that change your, change your <laughs> opinion about it? <laughs> I do like pineapple, so maybe, but it gives me, like, mouth ulcers, so, I mean, maybe not. Oh my god, I think I get the same thing. Like, yeah, it just, like, burns. Acid, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, I hate it. Um, you're right. PK is, was, and always will be the best. And all you're left was with the scraps at this point. So thank you for continuing to hang out with us. <laughs> um, okay, last one. And I really wish I could show you the pictures. Because I picked... Do you watch Attack on Titan? I do. I love it. 
Okay, so what I picked was three of the... I'm calling them NPC Titans. Okay. Um, one was this. Okay, so um, the the giant mouth titan, like the yes, the, giant mouth duck no, titan, the duck titan. Mm -hmm. Okay, have you have you watched all of Attack on Titan? Have you watched up to this? I have watched. Um, I haven't watched the newest season, is all. Like, do you know that that's actually like a a person though? Yes. Well, okay. Okay. What if someone hadn't watched it? Well, I, well, I, well, it matters for this conversation. Okay. Does it? It okay, does. It, it really does. Okay. I guess it does. And I okay. will say, I will say, even though it seemed like a big spoiler that I leaked, the thing is, is when that when that Titan's introduced, you know it's a you know it's a person. Whenever the Titan's introduced, they're like, oh, there's a Titan shifter there. There's that one. Like you, you're aware of that being a thing. Okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, now I just can't find where I found the other pictures of the other two Titans. Um, they were like really ugly. <laughs> And this is making for really great content in the podcast. So thank you if you've made it this far and you're still listening. Uh, bless you and your progeny. Jeez, um, I, now I can't find it at all. And it's right here. And this whole this whole keynote thing that I put together for all of you and you just can't see it because technical difficulties because I suck. It happens. It sure it's, does. Uh, it's it's all too familiar to me. Well, it's all too familiar to our entire community, so no one's even surprised. <laughs> I just took a screenshot. Does that change it at all? Can I, like, throw a picture up here? Probably not. Whatever. Whatever. You know what? We're not even... We're just going to end it before my, my shame overcomes me and I fall into a crimpled mess. Uh, because we are at our time that we are... We end tonight. Vincent... Hey. Thank out. you. You're very welcome. Uh, just so you know, I probably would have chosen to marry that Titan because even though that Titan's very ugly uh, on the outside, the inside that character is uh, is a very lovely lady. So uh, I would, yeah, probably probably have chosen to marry that thing. Because I, 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 yeah, I shared, <laughs> I shared in my Discord. I was like, uh, I have like a uh, like a waifu husbando section in the Discord. Yeah, and I shared. I was like, you guys would never know this is actually a waifu. <laughs> it's like a waifu in disguise. That's really great. I want to add that to our Discord. Just like put oh, yeah, all the pictures that, like that waifu waifu husbando husbando. And thank you, X Factor. Thanks, Vincent. Thanks for bringing great people like X Factor tonight. Because he says you I don't am. suck. You're doing your best. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. X-Factor's awesome. Uh, he's an amazing guy. So I'm um, happy that you joined us, X-Factor, Eli, um, uh, Zero Dan, anyone else from my community. Thanks for showing up. Appreciate you. Thank you. And Vincent, thank you for coming again two days in a row. I'm so sorry that last night didn't work, but you were so gracious and so great to come back and share your amazing story with our community. And I hope that you got something out of it at home, whether you're watching it back on YouTube or on podcast. You can always go to vindicatedentertainment.com and find out more on how you can support and all of what you're doing, the amazing things that you're doing 10 years deep, which is it's an crazy. incredible testimony. That's a yeah. huge testimony. And anyone, anyone, so I made, so I made this whole digital magazine that anyone can check out right now. It's available for a limited time for absolutely free on the shop on vindicatedentertainment.com. You can download the entire thing. It showcases the last 10 years of what I worked on. If you want to know more about me, the background, the context, the games I've released, all that stuff, 
it's a great way to see that. It's uh, full of pictures and it's designed to be very fun and easy to read. So just check that out. Like I said, it's available for free on the shop, limited time. Check it out. Nice, nice, nice. We will do that. I got a chance to get a little bit of the inside scoop with that. Um, so thank you for joining us. And I'm going to make my head bed real, real quick. You're not going anywhere. Don't leave. We're not done. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm um, here. But thank you guys for joining us tonight. Geek Out Sesh with Vincent from Vindicated Entertainment. Uh, come back next week when I will be with Jag Hunter. He is a Star Wars armorer cosplayer. And I'm really excited how he creates those. He's part of his own. 501st locally um and then coming up we've got some more with freakish workshop where he's going to walk us through how to create a batman cowl in during the time of this stream and then we've got more fun down the pipe wednesday you're gonna be live again with t tomorrow uh in this instance where he's gonna be painting some minis and then thursday is gonna be our ongoing campaign of city of mist which has just been so much damn fun so tune in and if you ever miss an episode you can always catch up on the podcast or the youtube but we are your positive judgment-free place to geek out loud like we did tonight with Vincent. So, Vincent, we have a kind of tradition here that we say at the very end of the stream. I'm going to say my name. You say your name. And then I'm going to say you just keep. And then you say geeking out. Okay. I think right? I can remember this. You think so? I think so. Oh, wait. I'm going to get this. I'm trying to get a raid going for it. Are we? Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, which oh, thanks for having me. Fun. This has been great. I appreciate it. Thank you again. So until next time, I am Bozer. I am Vincent. And you just keep geeking out. Geeking out. That's it. Good night, you guys. Bye.